Welcome to the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday podcast from Life Dean. Reflections on the upcoming Catholic Mass readings so you can make the most of your Sunday. Here's your host, the Bible geek, Mark Hart. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hart. This week, we're taking a look at the fourth Sunday in Lent. How badly do you need GPS? How much do you rely on a computer, on your phone, whatever, to tell you where to go? I am so old. I remember the days before GPS. Yes, there was almost no electricity. I'm so old. But before GPS, you had maps, actual paper maps. Before GPS, you actually had to walk into a, a gas station and ask someone who works in a gas station, hey, how do I get from point A to point B? How do I get there? And then try and remember. GPS has made the world smarter, faster. It's also made the world dumber because we don't know way around without the computer half the time, right? But GPS is fascinating because even when you program something in, it all, all of a sudden it'll start spitting you out an alternate route or different directions based on an accident or based on construction or what's the fastest way, what's the most scenic route, what has the most restaurants. GPS can calibrate your journey and, ch- and make you change directions based upon where you're at physically and where you're at emotionally. Oh, hey, I, I'd like to get there, but I want to see I, I want to see the sights before I get there. I want I want to have something to eat before I get there. GPS tells you where to go, and we follow it almost blindly. Now, don't you wish we had that kind of blind adherence and loyalty and trust in the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit prompts us to go in one direction, that we would just embrace it? Because oftentimes, the Holy Spirit might be trying to get through my thick skull and tell me to go in a different direction, but I have my best laid plans, and I've thought this through, and God did not consult me. And I have a a feeling that my best laid plans, my human (laughs) failing, short-sighted best laid plans are certainly anything better than God's going to tell me what to do, right? I remember one office episode when Michael was driving Dwight, and the GPS sent Michael into a lake. And even though he could see the water in front of him, Michael Scott kept driving into the lake. He was trusting the computer more than his own eyes, more than his own intelligence. My brothers and my sisters, don't fall into this trap. In the first reading, we're going to hear about King David, but this is long before he's King David. Right now, he's just musician David. He's unemployed shepherd boy David, who's out in the hills, hanging out, playing the lyre, which is like a guitar, singing, getting his groove on. He has no desire to go be king. He's not seeking to be some great warrior. He's just a kid. He's just a little brother. He's a teenager. And God is going to change the direction of his life. He's going to call Jesse, David's dad, and say, bring all your friends to me. He he says through the prophet Samuel, bring all your sons in front of me. I'm going to anoint this new king. I'm going to anoint this new leader. And all Jesse's sons all line up, and Samuel starts looking at each one of them. He says, nope, not him. Nope, not him. Nope, not him. And And Samuel is trying to figure out which one is going to be the king, which one's going to be this great leader God's raising up. And God says something really important. He says, don't judge from his appearance or from his lofty stature, because I have rejected him. Not as man sees does God see, because man sees the appearance, but God looks into the heart. God looks into the heart. A lot of times we're going to see something, you're going to see somebody and think one thing. But the way that God judges us from our internal is not the way that the, the world judges us from the external. God had a change of direction for for young David. He had a plan, a vocation for David that David did not yet understand. The same way, and he's going to be anointed with oil in this. This is kind of a cool foreshadowing of the sacrament of confirmation. The same way that for many teenagers, when they get confirmed, you know, and the the Spirit really is sealed upon you and you're sealed with the Spirit, God could be really redirecting your whole life if you're open to God through the sacrament, if you're open to God through that time. But see, God is not afraid to call you in a different direction. God's not afraid to radically change your life. The question is, will you let him? 
In the gospel, there's a man born blind from birth, okay? And Jesus is going to, to heal him, yes, with the spit and, and the mud on the ground, that kind of a thing. But not only is he going to heal him, he's going to change the direction of this man's life. After you go from being blind and having to beg to being able to see, your life's going to change. If you've never seen, born from born blind, if you've never seen a color before, never seen a sunrise before, never seen someone's face before, and then all of a sudden your eyes are opened, your life is now open. There's new possibilities. You can do anything because you were in darkness, but now you're not. You, when you encounter Christ, you encounter Christ in the sacraments, whether it's it through confirmation or really this story is a story of baptism. Man born blind, that's original sin. The water comes from where? The water from God, the spit, is going to be melded and, and, and mixed in with the, with the mud, which is going to make clay. Where did Adam come from? Adam came out of the clay. But this water from God is going to wash away the darkness, the blindness, and usher in the light. This is a story about baptism. It's not just a miracle story, which it was, a historical miracle. It's also a symbolic story about the sacrament of baptism. What happens when you encounter the sacraments? God's going to take you in a different direction. You walk into the confessional a sinner. You walk out a saint in training. That God's going to change the direction, the course of your life. You know, the two, two, a man and a woman walk into a church. They walk in as two. They walk out as one in the sacrament of marriage. God's changing their life. Every time that you and I go to Holy Mass, we walk in. But when we receive the body and blood, the soul and divinity of Jesus, God is changing the course of our life. And that's why you shouldn't fear reconciliation. That's why, as St. As Paul was saying to the Ephesians in the second reading, look, you were once in darkness, but now you're in the light. Live as children of the light. Learn what's pleasing to God. And when it goes on to say, take no part in the works of, of darkness, rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention them. The same way we talked about this with the Samaritan woman last week. Jesus exposed her sin, and by doing so, brought her back in a community. He reconciled her. The same way this week, this is what St. Paul is saying, look, don't, don't, live in darkness. Don't pretend your sin's not there. Do something about it. Go to confession. Go have your direction rerouted, okay? When we're in sin, we're on a highway to hell. When we go to reconciliation, we're on the highway to heaven. You have to pick which one. This is a great week, if you haven't been yet during this Lenten season, to get to confession. Get to the confessional, walk in, lay it down, and let God reconcile you and reroute you, redirect you. My brothers and my sisters, there's no reason to toil in sin. God has huge plans for your life, plans you probably can't even conceive of right now, like young David could. All it really takes is being open to where God calls you, dealing with your sin along the way, and remaining in the light. For more Catholic content, check out lifeteam.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And remember to subscribe to this podcast for weekly reflections. God bless.